This is another digital citizen. This is a podcast meant to encourage logic through stupidity and chaos. A podcast meant to incite discussion between friends, enemies, countries, and religions. This is a podcast for us. For the digital world. Welcome, citizen. Hello, ladies and uh, gentlemen, and welcome to this episode of another digital citizen on a Tuesday. Tuesday, because uh, Luke is doing something tomorrow. For once, hi, Luke. Hi, for all everybody. Yep. It, it <laughs> sounded like you you were not doing anything on Wednesdays other than this show. The way I said it. Uh, well, usually it's about all I do on Wednesday is the show. I mean, I wake up and start, we do, well, I actually physically do the show, and then I edit together and have it up by whatever, four or five o'clock at night usually, so I, I really do spend most of Wednesday just doing this. Yeah. And how much do I pay you for that? Uh, we don't get paid, yeah. Really? Wow. No, but uh, we'd like to. If you want to pay us, you could send me a message somewhere, uh, another digital citizen at gmail.com. <laughs> it would help us out. You, you're more than welcome to pay us. But uh, you know what? It's free. Uh, sharing this podcast with somebody you like. Or if you don't like this podcast, even better, share it with somebody you don't like. <laughs> I guess that could work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you like, oh, fucking hell, those guys are so fucking boring. <laughs> Tell somebody about it. Make them listen. <laughs> Make them suffer as much as you. <laughs> <laughs> the worst campaign ever. <laughs> Choose me as prime minister. I promise you, I will make your life a miserable hell. Oh, <laughs> uh, so uh, we're going to talk about Mormons a little later because there are actually some Mormon news in the news, even though you don't know it's Mormon news. So I will take this out of the way right away. I said something very stupid last week. I said. Mormons were flirty fishing, and you kind of tried to, uh, you tried to correct me. I was, in my head, I was thinking as flirty fishing as someone that goes to your door and starts flirting with you. Okay. So, so when, when I was talking about... You, that's what you thought flirty fishing was last week? No, but when, when I was talking about it. Right, okay. Right. So, uh, I didn't think that that was flirty fishing, but I was talk 
when I was talking that Mormons are thought uh, to flirt with people. That's not incorrect. That's not what I'm saying, but they don't flirt a fish, and I shouldn't have used that uh, terminology. So I, I'm very sorry for that, and I, I that's me to blame. And Luke tried to stop me. So I mean, I just I corrected you. I think in the end, we the message came across correctly after I corrected you. But it is a good correction right. for the show. Right. Uh, go. Uh, you won the... We won. World Yay. Cup. Yeah. A penalty, though. So, does that count? What? We won on a penalty shot? Is that what... what yeah. ha I don't know what happened. So, you... That is... the fr Your frame of reference, I, I, I don't know what the, that actually means. <laughs> um, well, a normal game would uh, be decided... Uh, through 90 minutes of gaming. Right. Oh, they went into overtime and went to the to the kickoff? Right. Penalty kickoff? Yes. Oh, I see. Yes. Right. That's what I meant. It wasn't like there was two, or whatever, 30 seconds left in the game and somebody was offsides right. and then they had, had a penalty. Had, right. had a penalty. No, no, no. It went to penalty shootout. That's exciting, though. And you, I mean, as far as a, a, for the viewer, it's always exciting. It is exciting. Uh, did you see anything about this on American news at all? Oh, well, yeah, after we won. But it was mostly about, I guess, one of the um, soccer players. I, don't, I think it might have been the captain of the team called out Trump about something. I don't even know. I don't That That was like the big news. I mean, she's an openly uh, lesbian lady. I'm... I'm sure. I'm sure she's not very Trump-loving, to say mildly. Uh, sure. Okay. I mean, I I've I have no concept of who this person is or her background or anything. So I got. I don't really have anything no. to say about it. You never heard of this woman? No. But yeah, yeah. You, uh, she's called Megan uh, Rabino. Rapino. It sounds a little Italian, if you ask me. And she's uh, most known for uh, having uh, very um, uh, purple hair. And you won uh, against the Netherlands 2-0, by the way. Hey, let's go right into to the news. Uh, some tourists uh, in um, Hong Kong uh was in amazement at the protester marching through the city because that doesn't really happen every time in Hong Kong. Well, it, it, if it does, it doesn't get out because their freedom of press isn't that fucking good, to be honest. Uh, right, it says here uh, the protesters took their message to a new audience, uh, the Chinese tourist as uh, coverage of the anti-government movement has been heavily censored by the authorities, thousands marched mm -hmm. peacefully through the uh, tourist, the populated tourist streets, uh, snarling traffic in main thoroughfares in the first major demonstration since Monday when the small group of protesters seized the city's legislature. 
a traveling band sang songs and hit drums. Uh, organizers said about 230,000 people turned out for the protest, uh, though police said the turnout was 56,000 at its peak. Uh, police arrested six people during the gen- demonstrations. Yeah, uh, I'm going to guess that uh, five of them are already dead than uh, the sixth wish she or he was. Uh, it says here, it, uh, freedoms enjoyed in Hong Kong, a former colony whose freedoms are guaranteed in the Sing- Singo-British Joint Declaration, an agreement that went back went into effect when the British handed the territory back to Beijing, uh, detailed why controversy erupted in the extradition proposal that would send suspect uh, suspects to face trial in China, where the ruling Communist Party largely controls the courts. Uh, right, so that that has to do with uh, the British authorities uh, being involved with, with this whole thing, but it, it really is a giant protest against the, the corruption of the government more than anything else. Right, right. And uh, there's somebody that doesn't like that, and it's called China. And if we know anything about Chinese prison systems, it's that it's not very good. Not very good at all. Now, this is very, um, it's very good that they have the courage to do this on one side. I feel very proud of them. On another side, I feel very worried for them. Because Chinese government and uh, uh, has the power to uh, just kidnap you and make a cover-up story about it. So I'm I'm sh- I'm sure if if they uh, have like pictures of of you and things like that, you you and your family could be in fucking trouble. So, I mean, it takes balls to do this. And not only sure. that, it has a lot to do with the fact that in China, uh, everything's so heavily censored, like the news and right. the internet and even movies, like what movies we see here get like edited down so that they can be uh, played in China. Uh, a lot of things mm-hmm. removed. I think we've even talked about that recently. Uh, some movie getting yes. a bunch of stuff edited. I don't remember what movie it was, but Rocket Man. Rocket Man, <laughs> right? Uh, yes. Yeah. No, it wasn't Rocket Man. It was the the Queen documentary. Well, yes, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Right there, you go. Um, it says here state media coverage of the protests uh, has been heavily restricted in China, largely largely focusing on condemning demonstrators. Uh, for engaging in violent clashes. Uh, The UK scolding... uh, Oh, the UK and other countries have scolded and urged the government to uphold its end of the joint declaration for meddling in Chinese affairs. Censors in China routinely heavily control everything from news to movies, like I said. So, Mm -hmm. that is another thing is... Even within China, a lot of the people are seeing this as a negative thing because the state is portraying it as a negative thing, Um, Mm -hmm. which I'd like to say that only happens in weird 
uh, communist governments, but honestly, it happens here in America all the time. So, <laughs> I was just going to say that. <laughs> I was just going to say that you don't have to be a dangerous country to to, to look into how news news are 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 portrayed in in one one way or, or the other. America is a perfect example, but but you know, I I mean. Good on them, woohoo! Very good. But uh, like I said, I I don't think I would have the balls to do this. I think I would be a little too afraid of the consequences. So good on them. Yeah, I think it was last time they had a giant protest. There it was like 2014, 2015 with the umbrella protests and yep. all these new kind of. Um, uh, communication apps that didn't exist before that were invented because of that protest. Uh, things like mm-hmm. Snapchat and things like that came out of that protest because the government were shutting down Facebook and uh, websites like that that these the organizers were trying to use to organize. Uh, the, the Chinese people ended up inventing their own apps to tr- try to get around that. And then in, in 2015, there was a point where the Chinese, like, basically uh, closed down or what uh, slowed down the internet to keep the the protests at bay which was mm-hmm. it was a weird time because it was at the exact same time in America was the it was the protests for black lives matter were happening as these chinese protests it was kind of a, a the whole world was in protest uh, during 2015 it was kind of a strange time to be alive Talking about uh, somebody that should be arrested in 2005 uh, instead of now, uh, Jeffrey Epstein uh, has uh, uh, been in the media this week, a uh, sexual uh, abuse case, uh, and it uh, could push some powerful friends into the spotlight, to say it mildly. Uh, that's right. Uh... Jeffrey Epstein, uh, the sex trafficking case was unveiled by prosecutors in New York. It may have implications on many men who have come out of his social circle. Mm-hmm. Uh, it says Epstein counted Donald Trump, Bill Clinton, and Prince Andrew among his friends, friends and associates. Uh, the counts yeah. against Epstein allege he drew dozens of underage girls to his home uh, in Manhattan. Prosecutors will allege some of the girls were as young as 14. If convicted, Epstein could face up to 45 years in federal prison. Uh, guess guess if this has been big news in Britain or not. <laughs> I, I don't know. It, because has it? it has, because of the Prince Andrew connection. Right, okay. I mean, right. this guy's connected to a lot of really powerful people. That's why this is such a big deal. Um, oh, yeah. At least here in America, at least on like MSNBC, CNN, the big thing they're talking about is the connection to Trump. Uh, Trump flew on his plane once, uh, and there's a picture of them here together uh, in this article from The Guardian we're looking at. I've seen another picture Mm -hmm. of them. I'm not really sure when it was from, but with him and uh, Melania and this guy. Um, It says here... Trump was uh, a member of Epstein's social set and, and told New York Magazine in 2002 that uh, Epstein was a terrific guy he had known for 15 years. 
Uh, it says here, flight logs of Epstein's private jet show that former President Bill Clinton took at least 26 trips aboard the plane between 2001 and 2003, the same period uh, from which the new charges are believed to have stemmed. And Bill Clinton has come out, or I don't think it, Bill Clinton himself, but Bill Clinton's people came out and said he knew nothing about this. Yeah, and uh, if uh, people think I was kidding about like 2005, I I, I wasn't. <laughs> this has been uh, a rumor for a very, 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 very long time. This but is one of those things where two weeks ago, if we would have brought this up, we would have been called conspiracy theorists. Yep, yep. <laughs> right? Uh, we would have been called alt-right conspiracy theorists, but then this happens and it's one of those things where you can't always, just because if somebody calls it a conspiracy theory, just automatically say it's false because this kind yeah. of thing happens <laughs> and it proves i mean yeah. the funny part is the most of the crazy people who were talking about this would have been these like right-wing conspiracy theory people and now they're almost proven correct you know what i mean like an alex jones or somebody like that who would have been right. the people who would have been talking about this in the past and this does pretty much prove i mean the trial has not gone through yet but uh, this isn't the first time he's been on trial for something of this nature. No. Uh, no. And last time he got off really easy, supposedly. Uh, there's a big thing, a big talk in America right now about this guy, Alexander Acosta, uh, who's now Trump's labor sec secretary, but then a Miami federal prosecutor, uh, he, he failed to bring Epstein to court on a 53-page indictment by cutting a widely criticized plea deal. Uh, which was far too lenient. So, yeah. Uh, one, I saw an, uh, an interview with a lady who did a documentary where she actually interviewed two of the women who were involved in this. Uh, they were on, they got on camera, and she basically was most interested in, I guess they're charging him with something that has to do with bribery, and it could be mm. bribing this guy, Alexander Acosta, Acosta, to not put him in jail, if that makes sense. That could be one of the charges in there. We're not really sure 100%. I think they're sealed right now. So, But this is going to be a continuing yep. story. Yeah, because uh, in 2005, this is what, what I was talking about, uh, there was a uh, stepmother uh, that called, that triggered uh, the initial investigation into Epstein in 2005. So he has been in the media or in the police interests since 2005, and it's now 2019. And yeah. do you know what? I found uh, news articles from 2016. I found news articles <laughs> from about this uh, in 2014. I found it in 2016. And so do you know what? With that much fucking smoke, <laughs> I... Do you think there's fire? Is that okay? Uh, yeah, I think it, it is. A, uh, it, I definitely think something happened here. And I also think one of the bigger things is going to be who else gets uh, implicated in this. And if he paid, obviously he's, he's a multimillionaire and his money obviously has bought him the ability to stay out of jail up until now. 
um, mm-hmm. will that come to bite bite him in the ass? Will that those charges be brought against him as well? Like, and if that does happen, it it basically proves the two tiered justice system in America, where rich people have one justice system and poor people have another one. So. Talking about uh, people in trouble, and I thought I never would say this in the fucking podcast. Let's talk about a former friend of mine, and uh, also an ex-Mormon, Svein Ludvigsen. He's uh, is, uh, in Norway government jailed for abuse of asylum seekers. A former Norwegian government minister was sentenced to five years in jail for sexual abusing three asylum seekers over several years. Prosecutor said on Thursday, Sven Ludvigsen, 72, a former fishery minister, was convicted of abusing his position as country governor and uh, uh, exploiting the vulnerable situation three young men, one of whom was mildly mentally disabled. The sentence was handed down on Wednesday, but made public later that day. So, yes, I know this guy very well. uh, uh, When he got his uh, uh, government job. In Norway, there's a rule. There was a rule, I have to say that. There was a rule. And this guy got the minister post that you have to be a member of the Norwegian church. That is not a a qualification uh, that you have to have that anymore. But it was then uh, back in 2000 and something. Right. Um, uh, And uh, he was a Mormon at that time. So... Uh, he had to quit uh, the Mormon church and be, become a member of the state church to become a fish minister. Okay. So that's how I know him. Uh, what? Through the church? Yeah, through the Mormon church. Yeah. Right. It kind of explained it, but I mean, uh, right. were you in the same church? or? Yes. Okay, so that was yes. he, and he was the leader of said church. Uh, no, he was just a normal member like me. Oh, but you okay. can't, but you can't be a member of two, two churches in Norway. Uh, right. Officially. Okay. Like you can't be a member of the Mormon Church and a member of the state church. That's not allowed in Norway. You can, you can't have multiple. Uh, memberships in churches. Uh, so any, yeah, sorry. It says here um, that he told the court uh, who was not his offer. It says here that uh, he's intending to appeal. So he, he's he's saying he didn't do it. Right. He says he, had, he in the trial he admitted to having consensual consensual sex with one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, he's denying all of this. So, and then uh, that's also kind of interesting because I uh, I know his ex-wife. So, 
<laughs> Wig! <laughs> a little like, okay. Well, it's his ex-wife. Maybe that's the reason. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Because he was gay, maybe. <laughs> Since it was three men. He did it against. Yeah, no, um, a very, very strange thing. Talking about a strange thing, um, I sh- I saw a tree statue this week. Tell me about this tree statue, Luke. Tree statue? Okay. I don't know what that mm-hmm. is. It's a big piece of wood, though. Uh, it says a life, uh, life-size rough wooden sculpture of the U.S. First Lady Melina Trump was unveiled near her hometown of Savinka Savinka in Slovenia on Friday, uh, commissioned Mm -hmm. by Berlin-based American artist Brad Downey uh, and carved with a chainsaw by local folk artist Ailes Zubavec. Uh, The statue serves as perhaps rye accompaniment to Downey's uh, exhibition in the capital, exploring Molina's roots in the small alpine country. Yeah, and I have a picture of her face right in front of me, and uh, is it okay that I don't see very <laughs> much likeness in, in this? Why are her eyes, like, one eye is right above her <laughs> nose, and the other eye is way on the side of her face? I have no clue. It looks absolutely <laughs> nothing like Melina Trump, that's for sure. And the mouth is not, like, it looks like a, I don't know, a five-year-old drew a face, kind of? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I need to read this. There was no attempt at uh, accurate likeness to the point where the gallery in Ljubljana appeared uh, uh, uncertain of how seriously to take the statue. <laughs> when the statue doesn't look that little, like what it's protecting, like when 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 the uh, when the people uh, that that takes in the statue and says, "Hmm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure we can have this statue here. Is this serious?" And uh, uh, in the leaflet of the statue, it says, "Perhaps we were simply trying to." Vigorously to make sense of things that uh, might be only a slapstick prank. Who knows? I love that. It says here um, the sculptor was born in the same hospital as Melinda Trump in the same month and now mostly works as a pipe layer. So this guy uh, is not really a sculptor. He's more of... um, I guess a plumber is what it sounds like. So that's mm-hmm. that kind of explains uh, why it's not that great of a statue. But the, I guess this has to do with. I mean, it, it it's not a, a, it, on its own. It's a part of a larger exhibit uh, from this museum, I guess. But yeah, this I don't. I don't. This is just silly looking. I mean, it looks nothing like her. Uh, the only thing that I, I think is actually quite impressive is how good uh, that dress looks. Uh, I don't think it looks that great. It Obviously, uh, it's supposed to be the one... It says here, uh, 
The one she wore at Donald Trump's inauguration. Yeah. Yeah. But sure. I saw that right away. I guess. I mean, if I look... If I saw that, I would not... Without somebody telling me, I would not go, oh, that's Melania Trump. Right. No, no, no. Me? <laughs> no, no, no. Right. No, no. But once you no. say it, then yeah. But otherwise, it's just a weird, crappy-looking statue, really. All right. Yeah. Do you remember when she was wearing that uh, jacket that everybody got uh, arrayed about? Like, uh, where it said, like, who cares? Uh, yes. Yes. Uh, talking about the things uh, her husband has been in trouble with, FBI ICE using state driver license photos without consent for facial recognition searches. This is very bad. Uh, it's been reported that they've been using driver's license photos for facial recognition without license holders' knowledge or consent. Uh, this is reported from the Washington Post. The two agencies have used millions of Americans' photos, largely from, from driver's license, for the purpose of facial recognition search searches. Citing internal documents and emails from the past from the two agencies that were obtained by Georgetown law researchers over the past five years, and then shared with news outlets, uh, the photos give the agencies a new layer of information on Americans, and a new tool to potentially track both criminals and those who have never committed a crime, which adds mm -hmm. that Congress has not authorized any such development of a facial recognition system. Lawmakers from both sides of the aisle expressed their dismay over reports that the federal agencies were using driver's license photos. Uh, while it has yeah, been previously well, known that the FBI has used federal and local databases for more than 390,000 facial recognition searches since 2011, the, post report, the Post's reporting shows the extent of the searches go much further. Yeah, welcome to the Minority Report, everybody. Exactly. Oh. Uh, it's kind of a follow-up to something we talked about uh, in San Francisco San Francisco banning the use of facial recognition technology, if you remember us talking about right. that. Um, yes. And this kind of goes to maybe more places need to do that because they're, they're doing this without any consent, without any knowledge to anybody. They're just tracking people. Um, and then if you watch that show Hunted, it even is more... Uh, terrifying when you watch that and go this is really what they're doing like they can track you mm -hmm. everywhere basically so yeah yeah it's it's sad it's sad so uh, i forgot to ask you how was your fourth of july uh, i mean pretty good i just hung out i didn't really do anything special or anything um did you yeah. barbecue? No, I didn't. <laughs> I just really? hung out. Yeah, I didn't do anything special at all. I just oh. hung out and watched TV. That's all I did. Nice. Um, uh, did you uh, get some sun, maybe? Well, was it the sunny day? Uh, yeah, it was, actually. Uh, it's been pretty yeah. nice here uh, the, for the last week or so, yeah. Nice. In Alaska, they are asked to put away their jackets, gets out some sun cream, and uh, enjoy the heat wave. 90 degrees in Anchorage. I, I hope that's 
Fahrenheit and not Celsius because 90 degrees Celsius. <laughs> this is that? 32 degrees Celsius right next to it right there. Oh, Jesus Christ. That's fucking... <clears throat> right. And this was last Thursday, I believe. Uh, residents of Anchorage and other southern uh, central cities completed a fifth week of above normal te temperatures. Uh, on Friday, as temperatures dipped just slightly, Anchorage resident Lucy Davidson sought relief with her gra grandchildren at a beach. Uh, mm -hmm. It had not been used some summers, but it, it is getting... It has been getting a workout lately, talking about the beach, obviously. Uh... De temperatures Thursday in Anchorage hit 90 degrees, like you said, 32 degrees Celsius. Uh, Ted Stevens Anchorage International Airport was 5 degrees higher than the city's previously recorded high of 85. Anchorage experienced its wettest May ever, but was warmer than normal every, every day in June. Uh, the high-pressure system was expected at least through Monday, is what they're saying. So this is not normal for Alaska to be this warm. Even though it's summer, it's still extremely warm for the summer. I mean, it was 113 degrees in France this week. That's crazy. Yeah, 113 Fahrenheit. Uh, it's just so fucking... Um, it was a village, and uh, that's 44.3, and uh, no, that's 45.9 Celsius. Fucking hell, I would die. It says here, uh, this is from somebody, Manny Acuna from Alaska. My home doesn't have AC, like most homes here in Anchorage, and it's pretty miserable, uh, he says. Uh, that's a lot coming from me because I used to live in Las Vegas. So yeah, that's another thing you gotta think of. It's ninety degrees there, but nobody in Alaska has an air conditioning unit. What the fuck do they need that for? Why would you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, the number of uh, heat waves in France had doubled in the past thirty-four years, expected to double again by two thousand and fifteen, per uh, uh, according to uh, WMO, the world. Meteorotic organization or something like that. So, yeah. It says here, ocean that... temperatures have played a role in keeping Alaska warm. Uh, surface temperatures are above normal everywhere around Alaska. The entire Gulf of Alaska in the Bering Sea and in the Chunky, Chunkai Sea, uh, south uh, of the ice edge, exceptionally warm waters, warmest on the record, and of course, record low sea ice uh, extend this time of year off the north and northwest coasts of the state, so global warming is what they're saying is the, is the cause of this, obviously. No! <laughs> There's nothing as global warming. <laughs> oh, you liberals. <laughs> oh, that believes in global warming. Oh, it's so funny. <clears throat> no, it's not. Hey, uh, do you think it's hot on the moon? What temperature do you think it's on the moon, by the way? That's a very good question. I'm pretty sure it's, like, super cold there. Is right? it? I would think. Super cold? Yeah. Is it, is it, is it farther from the sun than... 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 
Yeah, but it doesn't have an atmosphere to hold in the heat, right? So I would assume uh, it'd be really that's, cold. That's true. I I can hear uh, Luke googling it in the background. I will I will I will, I will read what it says while uh, Luke finds out. We were, cold it's it both is. is what I'm seeing. Uh, oh, when okay. sunlight reach, hits the moon's surface, the temperature can reach up to 260 degrees Fahrenheit, 127 degrees okay. Celsius. But when the sun goes down, <laughs> the temperature can dip to minus 280 degrees Fahrenheit or uh, minus 170 de- degrees Celsius. So, okay, so... Right. Depends on if it's night or day. <laughs> so both. both. Both extremely not want to be there. <laughs> okay. Uh, yes. Uh, NASA sold moon landing footage to intern for uh, $218. Uh, now the tapes could sell for millions. Tell me about this. Uh, right. Uh, in 1976, the space agency... NASA unknowingly sold these tape the the original footage from the Apollo 11 lunar moon uh, moon mission to a lucky earn, intern who held them on to them for decades. He never even knew the contents of the tapes. Uh, now NASA's blunder will belong to the highest bidder. The three surviving videotapes of the seminal moment in space exploration are up for auction at a starting bid of seven hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> According to Sotheby's, the tapes are worth up to $2 million. Bidding be- begins July 20th on the 50th anniversary of the moon landing. That's good timing. Oh, that's very smart. Very good um, on marketing. Yeah. yeah, very good marketing. Very uh, smart. It says two and a half hours of footage uh, provided the sharpest image of, history's, of history-making missions ever recorded from Neil Armstrong's first steps on the moon to the interplanetary conversations of then-President Richard Nixon, pl- uh, to the planting of the American flag. Do you think we see Stanley Kubrick there? Right. Yeah. They didn't <laughs> look at these, and it's, it's all just footage of, like, uh, a giant <laughs> studio, a giant film studio. <laughs> <laughs> in the background, you said, see, like, states people getting coffee. <laughs> I mean, the weird part I'm thinking here, it says here, uh, the tapes were sold to Gary George in 1976, who unknowingly bought 65 boxes of videotapes from the government surplus auction for $217.77. Uh, he resold most of the tapes to a local TV station for profit, but held on to three of them. Uh, so mm. yeah, that's he had more of these, but then sold them off uh, to TV stations. So my question is: Are any, are these three tapes? Do they even still work? Because it's like 1976 till now, magnetized tape. It doesn't, you know, uh, VHS tape or maybe Betamax. I'm not really even sure what this is. They don't last forever. Oh, Betamax. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> remember, remember when cars had what was that system called? <coughs> and it wasn't cassettes. You remember? Um, the, the, when it wasn't kiss. Oh, tape? Like cassette tapes? Or were you talking about yeah, VHS? When it, 
No, in Cars, they also had... Oh, 8-Track? Uh, 8-Track! <laughs> that, that was before my time. Uh, Betamax yeah. was really before yeah. my time as well, but... Yeah. Uh, yeah. I do remember, like, when I was very young, pe- like, people who had old cars that still had 8-Track players in them, yeah. Yeah, give a, a cassette player to someone that's 16 today. That's all I have to say. I've seen it on YouTube. It's yeah, there's funny. plenty of those on YouTube. Uh, I'm seeing right here, Fro, uh, Swalwell becomes first major Democrat to drop out of 2020 race. We have somebody dropped out. Mon- oh, no. Uh, Eric Swalwell dropped out of the race on so today so this is kind of breaking news uh or no yesterday is when it when it happened well yesterday night is what it's looking like so yeah one down i think this is one of the people i mentioned last week when i when we did the breakdown of the debate i said i think there were four people i mentioned that were looking like they were close to dropping out and this was one of the people Mm -hmm. i mentioned so yeah, I would not be surprised if one or two more people drop out before the next debate, and then maybe uh, after that, we're going to see a bunch of people start dropping off. I'm going to miss him just because of his last name. So. Okay. That's, yeah. Swalwell. Mm-hmm. That doesn't sound anything like anything else. No, but I'm, I'm, I'm a 14-year-old boy trapped in a 39-man spotty, so... Hey, uh, Tron is going to tell uh, the truth about something about America, and he's going to say U.S. must get their head out of their ass. This is Tron where Tron tells the truth. A few weeks ago, I, am, I was approached by two American tourists. They started asking me questions about where they can find different places, before they asked me anything about my country, they asked, have you ever been to the United States and how you like my country? Well, the start of, in, during the conversation, they looked like they were Trump supporters, but that is not the point here, because I get a question from people from the left or to the right or to the center. People come from the United States very often. What do you think about my country? What do you think about us? Do you have so fucking low self-esteem that you have to ask everybody else? Are you looking for people to say, Oh, you're the greatest, you're the best, you're the most fantastic people in the world? Because Americans often do. They try to, everyone, if you're going to be elected to the United States, have to tell the story that you have the greatest country in the world. You like to copy others, but you're still the greatest. Well, that is a fucking hard bargain to sell. Because you were maybe the freest country in 1940 when Europe was uh, under occupation. You were maybe free during the Cold War and half Eastern Europe was under communism. But you're not the freest country in the world anymore. And your self-belief in the American dream and the commercial stories about it is basically bullshit. When you don't have education and healthcare basic for everyone, you're not the freest country in the world. Because there are some things you need to to reach that dream. I wouldn't even call it American dream. It's a dream. And dreams can come true if the state put make the path and open the possibilities for you. Because private sector will not do that. Well, I look like sounds like a communist now. Fuck you. I'm a liberal <laughs> in the center. But again, 
American people talk a lot about themselves. Okay, look like this. If you came to a party, in a, a birthday party, would you start talking about yourself? Would you start asking people like what they think about you? Do you think the party is about you? Americans is always about you. It's like you want I'm an international company where people working together on American terms. You want everyone to you think your problems are harder and worse than anyone else. It's you. It's you. It's you. You're suffering. You're bullshit. You, 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 you. I'm starting to get a little bit tired of it. Why don't you next time you come to another country, like Norway, ask them how they have it, have it, how they see things, and why they see things like that. Try to put themselves yourself into their mindset of how they do things and why they do it like they do. Because we also have elected leaders, yes. We also elect people based on democratical principles. So, stop being so fucking high on yourself, put yourself in other people's situation, and get your flag out your fucking head out your fucking ass. Because the world is bigger than the 50 states who can contains um, the United States of America. This was Trump, but Trump was the truth. That was uh, Trump saying something bad about America? I'm guessing? Disclaimer, I haven't heard it. <laughs> we, <laughs> we're recording on Tuesday, so Tron got us this thing at kind of the last minute, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, hey, uh, The Loudest Voice, episode two, what was it all about? Oh, right, yeah, I I need to go there because I don't have the description up. So buy me some time. I will buy you some time and say that uh, I was very happy that I was right that we don't get any like flashbacks. We got directly into. <laughs> we talked about that last week. Will they give like? Oh, this has happened since last time, and they didn't really do that. They went directly to the year they were talking about. To tell us a story about that year. Right. So this episode was called 2001. Fox News Channel is on the cusp of passing CNN to become number one rated news network. Then 9-11 changes everything. Emboldened, by, uh, emboldened and horrified by his, this terrorist attack on American soil, Roger begins pushing the news with an agenda, using his network to help drive the Bush, Bush administration's push to the Iraq uh, push to war in Iraq, and finally putting Fox on top of the ratings race. Uh, so yeah, this yeah. was a lot of this was about 9-11. I personally, I didn't mind that they went straight in. We basically skipped over six years of what Me happened in, in Fox. I didn't mind it, but I did feel like there were certain things that needed to be filled in. Uh, certain people that he's talking to, certain things that are happening that it's like, you have to be some kind of crazy political uh, uh, news wonk to know who all these people are, and they don't explain who everybody is. Kind of in this episode, uh, specifically the guy he's he goes to this uh, kind of uh, dinner meeting. You know what I'm talking about? Right. And he meets meets with this right. guy, and I'm like, I don't know who this is. I don't know. Like, if you knew the whole story and what it was about in real life then okay, but they don't ever reference that. They just throw this person out there like you're supposed to know who it is. Um, right. I don't like that about it. And that kind right. of is what... That is a problem stemming from the skipping in time of six years. Because if right. they wouldn't have skipped that time, 
we could have had all that stuff explained to us. Instead, we're just right. thrown in and expected to understand it. Um, mm -hmm. And I don't really like that about it, I guess. Uh, I'm, I understand what you're complaining about. I thought, funny enough, this was a better episode than the last episode. I did too, actually. I, I, I like this better. Uh, I think mainly because uh, it shows up us what was going around the scene, especially with uh, that guy jumping out of the tower and how... Like, he is like, okay, show that in slow motion over and over again. <laughs> right. And, uh, yeah. It's all fear, like, trying to build fear. But it also, mm -hmm. it kind of did a good job in this episode of pointing out that he's spreading fear, but he's also really terrified himself. <laughs> yes. Of CNN. Well, no, he's terrified. Like that. What do you think he was digging in his backyard, bro? He's built building a a bomb shelter. A bomb shelter, yeah. Right. So he's he's as terrified in, as anybody, but he's spreading even more terror. Uh, mm -hmm. and it kind of shows. Uh, what's a good word for it? It shows the infallibility of it of of a person where it's mm -hmm. like we kind of want to just say, oh, this guy was spreading hatred and fear and everything else, but. The show does kind of make him a person. He's not just uh, mm. that you know the head of Fox or whatever else. The show does kind of make him. Uh, I don't want to say likable because that's not the right word, but no. they, they humanize <laughs> him in a way where yeah, you kind of almost feel bad for him when his wife is coming up and saying, "What are we gonna do? We need to move into a new house." Like. Uh, right. there are people that are after you, Roger, and then he has to get security to, like, follow him around because people want to kill him. Um, yeah, I mean, they almost humanize him, and it, I would say that's kind of a bad thing because he's not a very right. good person. Um, but they... But, then, but then, then again, they also show what a tremendously big asshole he is. But they uh, only show it, like, in one scene okay. in this episode. You only get one kind of little glimpse of it, and it never really goes... Yeah, It's not as creepy as I, I would imagine it's going to get later, uh, in later episodes. This is kind of the beginning of the whole uh, sexual scandal uh, thing, I, I, I think. I don't know. I don't know the story as well as me, other people might, so... Yeah, no, but I, I gave this uh, clear uh, nine again. Um, I'll give it a, I'll give it a seven. Yeah. Hey, we have an email address. It's another digital citizen at gmail.com. Another digital citizen at gmail.com. Have we gotten any emails? No. Um, Ending on the Facebook group this week. I mean, there's a bunch of stuff on the Facebook, uh, as always, if you want to go there. Another digital citizen. Um, last week there was a big problem with Facebook, I guess, uh, kind of went down the, for a while and it was the exact same day we did the show, uh, which is weird because last time Facebook went down, it was the exact same day and the exact same time we did the show. So that was a little weird. Um, but no, I'm not seeing anything about the last show on here. So yeah. Hey, uh, before we go into uh, TV news, I found a little article from The Guardian 
about uh, a Netflix but out Netflix to reduce number of actors smoking on C screen. Uh, second season of Stranger Things affected people with tobacco products 262 times. Studies find. Uh, Netflix has now pledged to reduce the number of uh, occasions where the actors has tobacco products in its original programs after a study suggested that smoking on the streaming service programs has contributed to a rise on uh, screen smoking more widely. The US-based anti-smoking group Truth Initiative that sounds like a uh, thing that we should look into. Look, hint, hint. Uh, said oh, no, I know what that is. Yeah. Oh, you know what that is. Yeah, okay. yeah. It's uh, been around since I was a kid. True. Like, okay. you, you, I guarantee you've seen ads for it and you just don't even know. <laughs> okay. Yep. Said tobacco Im- imagery was increasing on small screens and that the dis- uh, dispersion uh, were much more common on streaming service. Then on cable television, that makes sense in 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 some ways. Uh, Netflix, in response to the study, promised to exclude smoking in original shows aimed at young people, except for reasons of historical or factual accuracy. That's what I was the thing I was thinking about this because the one that they really mentioned is Stranger Things, uh, depicting two hundred and sixty-two yeah. times. But this is a show that's about the 80s, when uh, more people were smoking at that time. So if you're trying to go for accuracy as far as um, the timeline of, of whatever TV show it is, sometimes smoking is necessary to create that that feeling of whatever time period you're in. Uh, I don't think if you're going to do... Uh, a, a TV show or a movie about like the Roaring Twenties, and you're in all these uh, jazz clubs, and but nobody's smoking any cigarettes or or reefer, right? Like, just not. That's not accurate. Is the problem? Yeah. Um. So let's go into TV. Have you seen anything on TV this week, Luke? I did actually last night, Fro. Uh, was it no last week on Thursday? Uh, but last night I watched it, uh, the newest episode of Elementary. Um, mm. It is an episode all about a guy who uh, dies. They think because he touched fentanyl, fro. Mm. It's about a guy who they find dead uh, in a pile of money, and the money has fentanyl on on the bills, and so the police believe he touched these bill this money and. Uh, died and of course Sherlock is like that's impossible but the police don't believe Sherlock so he has to prove them wrong I thought that was really interesting because it's something we talked about a lot now it's on a mm. it's on a network primetime TV show <laughs> very strange mm-hmm. uh, what about you I uh, have uh, never watched this TV show before have you heard of Goliath say that again have you heard of Goliath? Like David and Goliath? Oh, Goliath. <laughs> yes. Goliath, yes. Uh, with uh, Billy Bob Thornton. No. I Have didn't. you watched? Okay. Uh, but but uh, 
I watched the first season of it. It's uh, very Fargo-ish uh, when I, it comes to TV shows. It's very like... Um, it reminds me of a crossover between Fargo, if Fargo was not funny, and uh, uh, True Detective. Um, it's a very good show. I'm. I just have never seen it before. Uh, I downloaded the two first seasons and have watched the first season. I would give the first season a seven point five, almost eight. Okay. Yeah. Now, I, now I do remember seeing something for this. Now that you like mention mention it. Um, yeah. When you first said that, I thought it was a show about David and Goliath, so I got confused. Oh, no. Right. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, did you know Goliath was only six foot four? No. Yeah, that's true. According to the Bible, Goliath was six oh. foot four, which is, uh, you know, not all that that's giant, to be honest. Um, what else did you watch? Uh, Big Brother, uh, I just wanted to mention they brought in a twist, Fro. Um, I know you yeah. haven't seen it this week, but they brought in this new twist uh, called the Comeback Camp. You know what it is, ah. Fro? Can I guess? Uh, it's Survivor. <laughs> uh, what is that island called? Exactly. Island? It is Exile yeah. Island, except they're Exile. still in the ha oh. They're still in the house. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, stupid. they left him in the house, but yes, it's the same. It, if this continues, we could end up with the same problem of last year's Survivor, which was uh, uh, a guy winning who basically wasn't in the show most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that could be a real I problem. Like, I like. I don't like that concept. No, it, they seem to think that it's going to work at some point, and it's never worked, and it never will work, but for some reason, CBS just wants to continue trying it. It's almost WWE-esque, where it's like, it never works, but we're going to keep trying it and shoving it down your throat, and it's never going to work, but we're going to keep doing it. Going, you're going to love it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I watched uh, uh, the second episode of Porn. Uh, liked it better this week, uh, funny enough. Uh, I'm not two episodes and now I'm out, like I thought from the first episode. The first episode was very, like, yeah, uh, like every other TV show like this. But I, I like it now, funny enough. What's I think the name I of the will, show? Uh, isn't it Porn? I don't. I. That's not a show I know of. So maybe or maybe not. <laughs> okay. Maybe I'm. I'm. I'm remembering incorrectly. Isn't it? Uh, it's something to do with P. Okay. Let's talk about something else. I. I will find out in two seconds. Did I watch the show or not? Yes. Yes. Uh, Is it called the one that you the Rook? The Rook. Sorry. <laughs> right. It didn't start with a P, but it was another piece on a chessboard. Piece so. of the chessboard. Yes. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> the Rook. Sorry. I. It was I thought maybe that's what it was, but then for a second I also thought maybe it was some kind of like pawn shop show. Like you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. The Rook. Sorry. <laughs> pawn. The Rook. Yeah. Uh, almost. Yeah. No. I liked it 
better this week. I would actually uh, enjoy if somebody did like a comedy after the rook is over. Somebody did a comedy version called the pawn, which is all just like a joke mm-hmm. off the rook. That would be funny. <laughs> yeah, but I, I enjoy it now. I don't know what it is. I I think it's uh, the actors around her, and I yeah, there's just very good acting in it. The story itself isn't very original, but I like the acting. So I'm yeah, going she's to very good. Watching. I'm gonna yeah. keep watching it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I you? saw what just happened with Fred Savage. Oh yeah. Uh, did you see this? No. I don't know whether to recommend this or not recommend this, bro. Um, <laughs> this is a I confusing really show. Yeah, I really don't want to say it, though. Do you know what it's about? I know it's about with Rick Savage, isn't it? I don't like that man. Oh, you just don't like Fred Savage. Sorry, you kind of... It sounded like you're covering your mouth up or something. Um, Oh, sorry. I I, I don't like Rick Savage at all. Fred Savage. Right. Uh, Fred Savage. I gotta tell you the concept for the show, though, because I think you might be interested after you hear the concept. All right, so you know, like, um, uh, the shows that come after, like, the show that's after The Walking Dead, what is it that uh, talks right. about The Walking Talking Dead? Wo- Talking Dead, yeah. Talking Dead. Or, the, the numerous yeah. other shows like that that are, like, the mm-hmm. recap show after the actual show. I'm sure there was one for Game of Thrones. And there was one for yep. Breaking Bad, I remember. Um, and they tried to do one for... <laughs> the other Walking Dead show that uh, I think they canceled, but this is that, right? It's that show. It's like the recap show after the show, except it's about a show that doesn't exist. That's based on... The show that doesn't exist is based on a book that doesn't exist. Hmm. So it's a show... It is a... uh, Whatever. One of these recap shows, like Talking Dead, except it's it's a recap show about a TV show that isn't real. I don't know how to describe it other than that. Um, and it's kind of yeah. funny. I don't know. I don't know how to feel about this show. I, I'm going to give this... I'm going to give it a 4.5, really close to a 5. Uh, it's not great, but there's some potential here, Fro. There is like a seed that could grow a flower, I think. I, I, I never... I never... It, like un- understood him, maybe maybe I'm I'm very like, uh, I mean, I I remember watching. Uh, I think everybody remembered this one the years. Sure. And and and. But I mean and, that was forever the, ago. Right. And I I I I I I clearly remember that I didn't like that show. I didn't like Wonder Years either. But you, what about The Prince's Bride? You like The Prince's Bride, right? Oh, that's a very good movie, yeah. And, well, he's the kid in that, so. Yeah, I know. And Little Monsters, which I talked about when we were, what, two weeks ago when we were watching the pay-per-view? I mentioned Little Monsters, which is like, when I was a little kid, that was one of my favorite movies. Yeah. it, It actually terrified me when I was really young, but the scene where they go into the monster world and they're, like, playing baseball in a room filled with vases and lamps and things, that was like, you know, a 10-year-old boy's 
uh, wet dream, basically, to be in a room where you get to just break things. <laughs> I remember it was in a TV show, and uh, I think it was in one one or two episodes of oh, Jack Horseman, if I don't remember incorrectly. But I remember at least he was in The Grinder, and The Grinder was a terrible show. Hmm, I never saw it. Terrible show. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't remember anything really recent from him besides, well, the the one I just mentioned. What just happened uh, with him? But oh, I guess yeah, nothing really friends recent. Were, fr- friends from college. He was in. I never saw that. I, I never even heard of that. I'm looking at IMDb right now. I'm cheating. No, you're cheating. He was in The Wizard. I remember that from when I was a little yeah. kid. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no. Never liked him, so I don't know. But you were, you kind of recommended? I would say you have to... I would say it's worth watching just for the concept alone of how... This is something I've never seen anybody try. And there is some comedy in there that works, but mm. it's like this really weird, awkward comedy. I don't know how to describe it. It's something that maybe next episode I'm going to hate, and maybe next episode I'm going to even like it more. I'm not really sure yet. Uh, but isn't it a weird concept of a show yeah. for it to be an after show about a show that isn't real? I don't know. Taylor Thompson is the co-host. I like... I fucking love her. And she's very funny in it. The first episode has Rob Lowe in it, and... He's supposed to be, like, a super fan of this fake show. Uh, and then they have another guy who's in it who's supposed to be, like, one of the main actors in the show that doesn't exist. And they're interviewing him about a show that doesn't exist. I don't know. It's just very strange. Yeah. Okay. Who shows this, by the way? I want to say it's Fox. Okay. Yep. Uh, what else did I watch? Uh, something new. Uh, yes. Uh, it is called, uh, let's get me on the list. It's called Dark Money, episode one, season one, episode one. Uh, this is, uh, about a boy that has maybe been raped by a celebrity? Uh, so it's strangely enough very uh, in in line with the news that we have covered this week, uh, and then them uh, writing a, a ADMA or what? What do you call it when you have to shut up about something? I I don't know. You you write a contract about. You you're not allowed to tell people sure. what has gone on. It's called uh, a gag order. Yeah, no, it's it's more like if I did something with. I, I really don't it, know. Okay, it's called something very special. But uh, yeah, the first episode, it's okay. I mean. Uh, it's very weird. I am definitely am going to see episode two, but still good. I will give it six. Yeah. Okay. Um. 
And then, then the last thing I saw, unless you've seen anything else. No. Uh, was season three of Stranger Things. Yes. Which I'm assuming you've seen all of it. Never ending story. Does that answer your question? <laughs> Would you be surprised if I fast forwarded through a little bit of that because it was annoying to me? <laughs> no. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I kind of like the song, but them singing it, I didn't like. Uh,. Right. I actually was never a huge fan of those movies either. Number two was just like oh my God. complete nonsense. The the first one is genius. Uh, number two is atrociously <laughs> bad. It's one of the worst movies of all time. But uh, Lamal, yeah. Uh, but um, um, spoiler alert? No. Oh, we're not going to spoil anything. It's too fresh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will say this. I was a very big fan of season one. Mm -hmm. Season two, eh, take it or leave it. I, I wasn't tremendously happy about season two, to be to be completely honest with you. Okay. But but season three, I fucking loved. <laughs> I. Uh, this was uh, much more humor, much more uh, gore, and much more horror elements in season three than I, I think in the two first episodes, uh, seasons. Uh, I thought it had just as much as the first season, maybe not as, or maybe more than the second season, but um, mm. I, yeah, I think it, it had just as much. As the first season, as far as like the horror elements, I think it went, right. it it scaled up, like the size oh, of yeah. the monsters, this that. Yep. But yep. Uh, other than that, um, there were some things that I was kind of like, is that really necessary? Do we need mm. evil Russians in the show? <laughs> right. Is this All just right. to kind of like make people? Yeah. I don't know. It, it, I just thought that whole thing was kind of unnecessary uh, to the show in a way. I mean, I understand what they're doing, why they why it was there as far as like they needed somebody to to to, to open up the the story to like reopen the story. We needed somebody to do that, and that this was the the cause of it was this these Russians. But I, I don't know. It just for example, yeah. It just feels like uh, pushing Russia-phobia a little bit, doesn't it? <laughs> a little. My favorite uh, side story of the whole show was Dad trying to break up uh, the daughter and the boyfriend for them to become kind of girlfriend and boyfriend with the mom. <laughs> that was very funny. I like that. Uh, other things that I liked, uh, the bodyguard storyline is was just tremendous. I fucking loved the the bodyguard storyline. I personally thought this was the weakest of the three seasons. I did not really. Yeah, I thought this. There was. I thought they left the. 
original concept of Stranger Things and went in a whole different direction with this that I didn't really like. Ooh. Specifically, the part where she's trying to find the source and she goes into the, the guy's memories and stuff. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is not canon to the rest of the seasons. Like, being able to read people's memories and things like that. Uh, and that the whole concept... I I don't, I don't want to spoil anything, but the whole, that whole concept being kind of used for the conclusion, I felt like it doesn't mm. really go with the the lore of the other two seasons. The other thing that I really hated, that I really thought was really stupid, and I don't know why they put it in here, was when the monster picks up a walkie-talkie, oh, yeah. turns it on, yells into it, and then throws it away. So, let me get this straight. <laughs> this thing has enough consciousness to understand what a walkie-talkie is, how it works, that the other person will be able to understand it on the other... Like, you see what I'm saying? Like, there's a lot of problems with this. Uh, When you have, like, a monster like this in a horror movie, it's supposed to just be this nonsensical giant creature that is... uh, You know what I mean? But for it to just pick up a walkie-talkie and know how a walkie-talkie works, I had a real problem with that. I think one of my main problems, and I know that we didn't agree on this when we were going to talk about this, is that I was so disappointed in season two. Like for me, season two was maybe a six or a seven, where I, I, I thought season one was maybe a nine. I thought season was maybe a six or seven so I was very very disappointed and I came in uh, with very low expectations for season three because I didn't like season two as much as you did so maybe I'm not saying that's that's the thing but I'm saying that maybe you went into it with uh, higher expectations because you liked season two better than I did and that's. I, I don't think that has anything like. to do with it. It has to do, at least mm-hmm. my opinion, it has to do with that season one and two were a specific way where here's the bad guy, it's, right. you know, the, the creatures, and here's the good guys, it's the kids, and somewhat the parents, but they're kind of secondary characters in the show. This, all of a sudden, you introduce this new set of bad guys who are the Russians, and this crazy story that is it's it's not anything like the first two seasons if that makes sense it changes the whole dynamic of it where it's they even reference the movie red dawn in in one of the episodes where it's like okay i see what you're doing here um but yeah there were certain things that i had big problems with this yeah maybe i like that more than you just that but what uh, would you give this season? I also had a problem with the connections between the characters because or, or the main characters. Uh, it felt like the boyfriend of Nancy, wh- the, whatever the main character's brother. Uh, he, right. he barely even had a single line in this show. You know what I mean? And in the well, I can't even go into that. But it it, it felt like characters got lost just so we could add some new characters in as well. We get some new characters. And then mm-hmm. I, I, there was certain things about this, like the new Coke part 
that just felt mm. off and out of place to me. Uh, it did not feel it. the same structurally as the first two seasons. It felt more, what's a good word for it? It felt more like a show that you would see on uh, on a big three network channel than a Netflix show. It's very strange because this is my favorite season of uh, Strange Things, actually. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying it's not the same show as the first two seasons. Okay. Yeah. yeah. What would you give it though? Um. A seven. A seven? Yeah. I would definitely give it a nine. Definitely. Definitely. Hey, uh, talking about crazy things uh, that we didn't think was that fucking crazy when we started looking into it. Uh, let's go to the main topic. Oh, Luke, what did I get us into? Uh, we are going to talk about Marianne Williamson. How? Not only her, but we'll, but we will go into that. Who is Marianne Williamson, Luke? Right, she's running for the Democratic nomination for the 2020 United States presidential election. She was in the debates uh, on the end, if you saw her there. Uh, she is also an American author, lecturer, and activist who has written 13 books, uh, including uh, a num four number one New York Times bestsellers. Uh, mm -hmm. within the advice, how-to, and miscellaneous category. So she's a self-help book uh, author. Yeah, uh, her first bo book, A Return to Love, was featured on the Oprah show in 1992 and remained the New York Times bestseller list for 39 weeks in the advice and how-to malicious category so right and she's, yeah and and there's she's done a bunch of other ones since then and uh, she even i'm seeing here one that uh, is maybe the silliest title a course in weight loss 21 spiritual lessons for surrendering your weight surrendering your weight forever <laughs> what <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what should we go into first? Should we go into the campaign website? Sure, yeah. I mean, that's where we found out about her, was on the debate stage. So why don't you go there first and kind of where, what's your plan? You got any, anywhere on this website you want to go to? Yeah, I want to go to uh, www.marianne2020.com. That's. Uh, one of the uh, things uh, we're not going to go into my story because that's not so interesting but we will go to uh, the issues or it's called issues right, and, right up there at the top yeah go ahead Yep. and uh, I want us to go into uh, radical uh, reconciliation and healing. Racial reconciliation and healing. Right. right. Okay. Thank you. One of the core in, uh, principles of uh, Williams' presidency 
uh, will be focusing on the underlying focuses and not on the symptoms of America's problem. In order to do so, we need to address where we were as a nation, having devoting, uh, divided from our democratic and universal human values regarding race relations. In order, in order to heal a human life, we must more than address eternal issues. Healing also comes one from within, Luke. <laughs> so is it with this country? When we are an alignment collective, we must realign collectively. That to me is the president's job. Yeah. So... It's 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 moving. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go to the economy, I guess. Um, mm -hmm. It says here beneath every issue in American politics lies a deeper one, and nowhere is that truer than our economy. At this time in our history, our economic system doesn't serve our democratic values. Instead, the government we founded to protect those values has become an instrument of service to an economic system. Beginning in the 1980s, the an economic perspective which deems markets fo forces our most appropriate organizing principle began to infiltrate both American politics and the American consciousness. Uh, according mm -hmm. to this view, the fiduciary responsibility of corporations to serve short-term profit maximization to stockholders began to replace democracy as our primary organi organizing principle. Uh, the view represented a ra radical departure from the most basic value of our Declaration of Independence that God gave all men the inalienable right of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and that governments were instituted among men to secure these rights. Uh, from now on, our government would function more to secure rights of multinational corporations to make money for their stockholders, while we the people were to trust so much money would trickle down to the rest of us. Right, so he's talking about tr the problems of trickle-down economics. I also want to go uh, on her issue sites where it says the the issues aren't always the issue. Look, I don't know if you, if you knew this, but life is made of, of two dimensions. Things that are outside and things that are inside. <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> As people, we do not only think, we also feel. We care not only about what's happening in our bodies, but also what is happening to our souls. Mm -hmm. This sounds very... Mm -hmm. America is not having uh, just having problems with happening in our economy, our environment, our educational system, and so forth. We have a problem with uh, psychological fabric of our country. A love uh, and love uh, level emotional civil war has begun in many ways to rip us apart. In order to deal with that, we must mess, must address the level of our in internal being. We do not normally associate politics with a deep level of uh, internal existence but in the 21st century now and all the need that needs to change look <coughs> okay i'm gonna go to press mm -hmm. from if you want to go to press all right 
And that first story in the press, at least uh, when we're reading this, it's called Turning Mocking into Momentum. Mm-hmm. Uh, while many allies lamented the explosion of social media memes mocking Marianne Williamson after the Miami debate, the truth is that she received exactly what will propel her campaign to the next level, and that is attention. Uh, it says Marianne, uh, despite only speaking five minutes, she got results that exceeded anyone's expectations, and she is the top ranking of Google's search traffic. So I think that's a... The problem is they think that's a good thing, that people looked her up? It is. Yeah, it's, it's not It's not a good thing. It's it's because they didn't know who the fuck she was. And they wanted to be it's like, who is this crazy lady? Right. Uh, <laughs> it says here, so don't fret at the propagation of memes about her Ministry of Magic or Healing America with Crystals. Bring them on, uh, is what our website say, says. Mm -hmm. They are ultimately the discriminatory reactions of people who don't quite grok who she is. I'm serious. This is what it says. Mm. Don't quite grok. Yeah. Spelled G-R-O-K. Is that a real word? Yeah. <laughs> or is that like... I never heard it's of... a real word, I guess. It uh, says understanding uh, intuitively or by empathy. People who uh -huh. don't understand her intu intuitively, apparently. You just you have to understand her intuitively, from Who she is or the power she is bringing to the race... Uh, in the months ahead. The fact is this ridicule probably the necessary gateway through which her campaign will pass before people begin to see that hers is a real candidacy. We're going to go a little bit beyond uh, talking about uh, any, anything to do with just her. <laughs> and it's... Oh, yes. Uh, yes. And we're not going to talk about her as some kind of ministry of magic or anything like that. Uh, it gets way deeper than that. Oh, we 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 found something, ladies and gentlemen. We found something. But uh, let's go to the store, as we always do. Okay. Uh, uh, there is some signs that I I like. Uh, beat big lies with big true. Stand with Marianne and turn love into a political force. Look. Yeah. Turn love yeah. into a political force. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, a force is like yeah. a physical thing, <laughs> and love is not a physical thing, so sure. Uh, should we go to her website next? Yeah. So she has yeah. a campaign website, which we were just at, Marianne2020.com, but she also has her own website because she's an author. Mm -hmm. So this is more of her website... Uh, just about her books and things like that, and it also has, it says live stream Tuesday, so she does some kind of live streams, I guess, today. Um, it has mm -hmm. archives of all her old stuff, videos, and a blog, uh, of, you know, upcoming events, online courses. Uh, mm -hmm. So yeah, where do you want to go first? I think actually... Oh, I want to read a little, like, uh, about, I think. It's, it's okay. always a start. Yeah, why don't you it's go a there? good start. Um, Marianne Williamson is an internationally acclaimed lecturer, activist, and author of for uh, time. Uh, uh, she has one of the most well-known public voices. What? Did you know about her before this, before last week, Luke? 
what about last week? Did you know about her before she came into the po- 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 political uh, arena? Because according to her website, they they say she has one of America's most well-known public voices. Uh, right, it is her website. So, but I have never, I had never heard of this lady before. <laughs> right, uh, for more than three decades, seven of her twelve published books have been a New Times bestseller, and Marianne has been popular guest on television programs such as Oprah, Good Morning America, and Bill Maher. A quote from the mega uh, bestseller, A Return to Love. Our deepest fear is not what we inquit. Our our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It's considered an anthem for compatory generations of seekers. Seekers of what, you maybe ask? Mary and other books include Law of Divine Compassion, An Age of Miracle, Everyday Grace, A Woman's Worth, Illuminati. Uh, yes, I'm not fucking kidding. One it's Illuminata. Uh, Illuminata, sorry. Healing the Soul of America, A Course in Weight Loss, uh, The Gift of Change, Enchanted Love, A Year of Miracles, and Tears to Triumph. The Spiritual Journey from Suffering to Enlightenment. Her newest book, A Politics of Love, a Handbook of a New American Revolution, will be published in 2019. So. Right. Uh, so, yeah, she, she presents herself definitely as some kind of, uh, you know, n- new age, uh, what's a good word for it? Guru kind hippie. of. Yeah, hippie. <laughs> Yep. Love, uh, love guru kind of thing. It's, uh, it says here, spiritual growth involves giving up the stories of your past so the universe can write a new one. This is from the laws of divine compensation. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, why don't we go... Uh, if you look on online courses... Yep. Uh, that first one says, aging miraculously... Okay, mm-hmm. what, is, what does that mean? I'm going to go there. Uh, with every decade, we go through developmental stages, no less as adults than as children. Yet the developmental stages of adulthood are less well-researched and investigated than the stages of childhood. I have created a new online course, Aging Miraculously, in order to apply m- miracle-minded principles. Miracle-minded <laughs> principles to the creation of, of a powerful Chapter 3. How do we repudiate repudiate a purely worldly perspective on age and embrace instead a spiritual context that will allow us to expand our experiences beyond what we have been led to believe? Mm. Uh, Yeah, there was a lot of things, but (laughs) I really... What is Mm. applying miraculously-minded principles? What does that mean? (laughs) I have no fucking clue. That is what I, <laughs> I think it is. Well, if you go back uh, uh, and you go, it, uh, it says daily ACIM. What does that mean? ACIM. Yes. What does that mean? I'm going to go there. Yeah. It says commit to a course in miracles in 2019. Begin anytime. Commit to mm. the course in miracles student workbook in 2019. Every morning you will receive a daily lesson read by Marianne by email uh, in these daily audios 
uh, which can be streamed or on demand or downloaded to computer and saved, uh, you can build your entire library and return to them again and again. The Course in Miracles says an idea grows stronger when it is shared. Uh, right, so she, she, if you want to get some uh, spoken word, I guess, or stuff read out of this book from her, you can buy it off this website? Yeah. So this E-S-A-C-A-M-A, I think we'll hear about that a little later. Should we go to the Course in Miracles link? Actually, I'm, I think I'm going to look at her For the book. book? Let's we'll look at her book I first. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes. She wrote a book in '92. This was the one we were talking about earlier. A, a course, uh, a return to love. Uh, reflections right. on the principles of a course in miracles. Right. Okay. So I'm at. Uh, <laughs> I'm on Amazon. Back by popular demand. A newly updated and newly updated by the author. Uh, best-selling spiritual guide in which Marianne Williamson shares and reflects on her course of miracles and her insights on the application of love in the search of inner peace. She reveals how we can become a miracle worker by accepting God and by expression of our love in our daily lives. Whether psychic pain is in the area of relationships, career, health, she shows us how love is a potent force and the key to inner peace and how practicing love we can make our own lives more fulfilling while, while creating a more peaceful and loving world for our children. So she says right here, Williamson reveals how we can we each can become a miracle worker by accepting God. So, uh, look, I went down in the comments, and guess what I did find? I found some one-star reviews. Do you want to hear some one-star reviews, Luke? Sure. I wish I had read the negative reviews before dry, uh, buying this jubile. <laughs> this book is reeks of a cult. The author, uh, author rants and rambles on like a new age guru on an acid trip. This is not a book for f uh, people functionally in reality. Think love and you will be love. Don't waste your time. Or... This is utter nonsense. This book is not about love. It is converted paralytic for a paralytic god. I want my money back. Hmm? Right. Uh, yeah. So, this book is... Even the, su uh, the subtitle uh, of this thing, Reflections on the Principles of A Course in Miracles. So, she wrote mm -hmm. this book, which is... If you go... Even to A Course in Miracles, the Wikipedia page, uh, which is all about this, uh, it says here, two works have been described as an extension of A Course in Miracles. Uh, Gary Renard's 2003, uh, The Disappearance of the Universe, and Marianne Williamson's A Return to Love. That's, it says that both of these books were an extension of A Course in Miracles. So I guess what we need to go into real quick is how this lady presents herself uh, to people. Because yes. I think it really put it, uh, it you, you really nailed it on the head when you were reading that review of her book, actually, um, in the sense that what was the thing they said about love? Let me go back so I can 
get the exact quote uh, of what you said. Uh, sorry. I totally lost it. But they said yeah. something like, uh, if you... If you know love, you will... Fi- oh, here it is. Think love and you will be love uh, is what the book function- right. is functionally its reality. Uh, does that... And, and she's also a spiritual advisor to Oprah. Does this sound like anything else that we've ever done on the show in the past before? Hmm. It does, strangely enough. It sounds like the secret. 100% like the secret. <laughs> Uh, instead of it says think love and you will be love it should think yep. wealth and you will have wealth was the have secret well right yeah yep. uh, and this is basically the same exact thing um except there's all this christianity in it uh for some reason but i would say she does not present she presents herself at least in this presidential race as some sort of spiritual new new age spiritual person but not religious is that how you as how she kind of comes across but the more we look into this the more religious she seems to be i we were talking back and forward about this topic me and you before on on chat and i i think i said something very revealing i said i was assuming that uh, she was an atheist because she was saying she was spiritual but that was before I, I, because we were reading about like a lot of people like saying they were, uh, um, uh, there's an increase of people that saying that they are spiritual but don't uh, uh, look at themselves as Christians. And I was assuming that she was uh, trying that she was spiritual but she didn't. Um, uh, have any connection to God, but the more we look into this, it looks like she's not really that new age anymore, but more uh, Christian. Well, I would call it like new age Christianity. It's it, it, if you yeah, look up yeah. if you look up Mary, what is Marianne Williamson's religion on Google? It comes up with right. uh, she's the youngest of three children of Samuel Williamson, an immigrant lawyer, and Sophie Ann. Uh, Williamson, I guess, a homemaker. Her family is Jewish, and she was raised in a uh, she was raised in conservative Judaism. Uh, so, right. But this is definitely not Jewish. What we're about to cover. Um, yeah. So it's a she's she presents herself as one thing, as kind of a, a love hippie love uh, person who believes in. Uh, bringing people together through the power of love, but she never mentions anything really about Jesus or about God. I mean, she talks about God, but she never really talks about Jesus. Right. But if we go to A Course in Miracles, I think this is probably the best place to go to the Foundation for Inner Peace. It's also ACIM.org. Yep. ACIM, of course, meaning A Course in Miracles. And this website looks like it's from the 90s. Oh, it so looks like it's from the 90s. It's looked like someone has uh, made this in the 90s and never updated it. But funny enough, it's copyrighted 2019, so... And there's re- there's recent updates to it and everything else, yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, what do we have on... 
uh, right over the email address where you can join the worldwide community. What do you have there, Luke? What you, well, there's like a scroll scrolling thing, uh, kind of scrolling, telling us something. I, do you want me to read that? Uh, well, it's scrolling, so it says, in It witnesses to God the Father's hatred of his Son, the sinfulness he sees in him, and his insane desire for revenge and death. I don't know what that means. No. But there is, like, this weird thing on the left-hand side, which looks like some type of... It's definitely an all-seeing eye. Uh, thing mm-hmm. happening, and maybe it looks like a gold tablet, kind of like uh, mo- the tablets Moses had uh, from God, maybe with like an all-seeing eye on it. But it's got this really bad GIF of like what looks like bubbles coming up from it. Uh, <laughs> and there's definitely some kind of yeah, ar- archway. <laughs> And if you click on that all-seeing eye, you get to weekly thoughts. And that was updated in July 7th of 2013, so it's it's not very <laughs> updated. Okay. Uh, it says here, A Course in Miracles is a unique spiritual study self-study program designed to awaken us to the truth of our oneness with God and love. Hmm. Okay. Mm. It says here, uh, would you like to feel peaceful even in difficult circumstances? Okay. Uh, the idea for today, be- this is le- lesson 34. I could see peace instead of this. The idea for today begins uh, to describe the conditions that will pr- prevail in any other way of seeing. Peace of mind is clearly an internal matter and must begin with your own thoughts and extend outward. It is a form of peace of mind that is peaceful perception of the world arises. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, some five minutes of mind searching is required. Mind searching is required for each of uh, longer practice periods. Search your mind for fear, thoughts, anxiety-provoking situation, offending personalities or events, or anything else uh, about which you are harboring unloving thoughts. Note them all casually repeating the idea for today slowly as you watch them arise in your mind and let each one of them go. So yeah, this is definitely some kind of weird spiritual thing. It is. So I went uh, to resources and under resources there's a fact frequently asked question. Okay. Uh, I went to that. Um, and uh, I went uh, to 12. Why are there so many different versions of A Course in Miracles? And uh, and uh, they more or less say that uh, uh, this Helen uh, Schumann uh, heard voices in uh, 1965 because it started with her. And then uh, a copy went down, and Bill and Helen and blah, blah, blah. But you need to go even uh, where you see read more. Do you see that? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Bill disliked the editing process and stepped aside. With Helen and Ken began a difficult 
thus going through the entire manuscript together, word by word, always consulting with Jesus whenever in doubt, Luke. Okay. Yeah. So Jesus. I found Jesus. So they talked to Jesus when they wrote the book. Yes. It, actually, I'm going to go back really quick to the Wikipedia page and uh, go into that. It says here, the author claimed the book had been dictated to her word, a word for word via interdictation from Jesus. The course contains a curriculum to bring about what she calls spiritual transformation, consisting of three sections of text, a workbook for the students and a manual for the teachers. Written from 1965 to 1972, some distribution occurred via photocopies before hardcover edition was published in 1976 by the Foundation for Inner Peace. The copyright and tr trademark, which ha uh, were held by the two founders, were revoked in 2004 after a lengthy litigation because the earliest versions had been circulated without a copyright notice. Uh, uh, right, and then it says... Uh, through the 1980s, the sales of the book steadily increased each year. However, the largest growth in sales occurred in 92 uh, after Marianne Williamson discussed the book on Oprah Winfrey's show, which sold, which made it sold more than 2 million copies. The book has been called everything from New Age psychobabble to a satanic seduction uh, to the New Age Bible. Uh, ba 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 Gerald G. Japolsky has been among the most effective promoters of the course. His book, Letting Go of Fear, which is based on the principles of the course, was published in 1979 and was endorsed on the Johnny Carson show, which went on to sell 3 million copies. So we should go to a reception, because this is very funny. Uh, 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 this web snake said... If the Bible was consistently literally true, then from biblical literacy viewpoint, the course would be viewed as demonically inspired. <laughs> That's not very nice. Catholic priest uh, Bendik uh, Grochet has uh, criticized is uh, a ACM and related organizations finding uh, some elements to ACMB to be survivor potential deterations uh, of uh, Christian theology, and that he wrote that it was a good example of false revelations, and that it has uh, become a spiritual menace to many. And uh, a uh, uh, an editor called Elliot Miller said that uh, the uh, the AS, ACM uh, was uh, truly redefined to reassemble new age teachings. So. It says skeptic Robert T. Carroll criticized ACIM as a minor industry uh, that is overwhelmingly commercialized and characterizes itself as Christianity improved. Carroll mm -hmm. says the teachings were not original and suggested they are taken from various sources, both East and West. Uh, so yeah, this is like one of those religions where they just um, take all these other ideas from other religions and uh, um, all, uh, just mash them together uh, into this other kind of new-agey uh, 
hippy-dippy kind of religion. Actually, go back right. to ACIM.org, and if you click uh, right at the homepage, you'll see um, it says, Would you like to feel more connected to your source? Mm -hmm. That's got to be good, right? <laughs> uh, what time but now can truth be recognized? The present is only is the only time there is, and so today, this instant now, we come to look upon what is forever there, not in our sight, but in the eyes of Christ. He looks past time, and he sees eternity, and represented there, he hears the sounds of senseless, busy world uh, engenders, yet he hears them faintly. From, from beyond them all, he hears the song of heaven, and the voice of God more clear, more meaningful, and more near. The world fades easily away before his sight. Its sound grows dim, uh, a melody far beyond the world, increasingly more and, and more distinct, an ancient call to which he gives an ancient answer. You will recognize them both, for they are but your answer to your Father's call to you. Christ answers for you, echoing yourself, using your voice to give his glad consent, accepting your deliverance for you. Holy <laughs> crap! That is some back, like backwards nonsense logic. I think we should, uh, before we go to our conclusion, I think we should uh, listen to Marianne Williamson's closing statement. What do you think about that? I don't. Oh, okay. Well, okay, let me get that up real quick. I want to read one more thing really, really fast okay. before we go into that. It's from that same thing. As Christ, Christ, uh, as Christ gives you His sight and He hears for you and answers in your name and calls, He hears. How quiet is the time you give to spend with Him beyond the world? How easily are all your seeming sins forgotten and all your sorrows unremembered? On this day is grief laid by for sights and sounds that come from near world are clear to you who will today accept the gifts he gives. This is the secret, but with Jesus. Yep, yep. It's, it's just like the secret with Jesus. Uh, but let's go back to the source material where we started, because when I started this, I, I will talk about it after we watch the video. Let's watch uh, the okay. book where... Yeah. Where, where where she talks about how she will defeat Donald Trump. Okay, go ahead and give me a countdown. In three, two, one, play. Sorry we haven't talked more tonight about how we're going to beat Donald Trump. I have an idea about Donald Trump. Donald Trump is not going to be beaten just by insider politics. What accent is He's this? He's not going to be beaten I don't, by somebody who has plans. He's going to be beaten clue. by somebody who has an idea what this man has done. This man has reached into the psyche of the American people, and he has harnessed fear for political purposes. So, Mr. President, if you're listening, I want you to hear me, please. If you're listening. It's like some weird, like, can cast that out. So, news-speak dialect. I'm going yeah. to harness love for political purposes. I will meet you on that field, and, sir, love will win. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, I think that's enough. That's definitely yeah. what got everybody talking about this lady, is that little <laughs> bit right there. <laughs> and now, if you go into A Course in Miracles, you know what she's talking about by love. What she's talking about yeah. is Jesus. Jesus. 
She doesn't present pres, present herself as a Christian, but I want to say, Fro, oh. I think we're getting into the wrap-up here, right? I think this yeah. lady is a Christian Democrat that we've been talking about, but she's, yep. you know, in, you know, like the sheep and wolf's clothing. She's the Christian Democrat yep. in hippie clothing. Yep, I totally agree. When I started... I start watching this and looking into this. I thought she was like my friend's crazy aunt from Yamshire. Like every talk, everyone talks about like uh, crazy uh, uh, aunt Marianne that smokes marijuana and is a hippie. But the more I look into this, the more cynical and money profiting and crazy and total lunatic uh, it looks like uh, she is. It started out looking into a president candidate and finding a fucking religion. How, how often how often have we started with one topic and it just has suddenly turned into something else? Because we could we, we could talk a lot more about a a c a i m. I think we could it make is, it a, a, a main topic in and of itself uh, for right. future it episodes. Is, yeah, it is fucking a lunatic crazy, and this lady is a big, 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 big part of it. And is she's so trying to to hide it. And I'm I'm very, very, very. I was very confused by 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 this. Because the more, like, she looked like a very harmless little, like, Aunt Marianne from New Hampshire. And now she looks like this uh, uh, Christian leftist New Age hippie that wants to beat Trump with Jesus by her side. I really think she's cray-cray. It all comes out of this book, uh, her popularity, and right. that also stems from Oprah. And when you look at Oprah's track record with uh, things like The Secret, and then you see this mm-hmm. it, it being so very similar to that, um, but being more religious. And we know, I mean, it's, everybody knows Oprah is very Christian. That I'm, There's oh, yeah, nothing yeah. against that. But when you're taking... Christianity and trying to spin it into something else to try to attract yeah. a different crowd. You're trying to attract the the crystal loving, you know, uh, uh, hippies. Yeah. Hippies. Well, yeah. It, they're almost like there's like a new age kind of religion where it's not really hippie ish anymore. It's more like a, a new agey kind of love religion where. They believe in she, destiny, and they believe that right. uh, the bountiful Earth has, uh, Mother Earth has given us a bounty in sun worship and this and that. Like sun worship and Christianity are as far away from each other as they could possibly be, but right. they're trying to use this weird, uh, uh, a course in miracles is kind of trying to connect those two things. It's trying to take make Christianity pal- palatable to uh, non-religious folk. Do you, do you know what that this kind of reminds me of? It's like, she, uh, it's that yoga mom, um, mo, uh, movement that we saw that documentary about, where everything started as a yoga retreat. 
and turned into religion. That's that's what this uh, reminds me of. It's trying to pretend that uh, that it's something it's not, and that's why she's uh, incredibly dangerous in this. Yeah, and I, I, it really it, is like having Ocho run for president. Is it, right. Yeah, it's totally like that. And I, and I and I I I think I think she has a lot of money, but look. Where does she end up on the crazy scale? Well, her herself, um, I gotta give her maybe like a 6.5? Yeah, a 7. Yeah, maybe a 7. Um, yeah, I'm around there, there as well. I feel like this is all a grift. I feel like she yeah. doesn't believe half the stuff she says, no. but I think nope. it's a little of both. I think... Some of the stuff she really does believe, but I think she, mm -hmm. it's also, she's just trying, it, the money is there as far as, uh, yeah. we told you how many copies of these books have been sold, and it's called like yep. the New Age Bible and everything else. Um, right. Yeah, the money is there to, to, uh, to abuse uh, your power if people are believing in this New Age gobbledygook, just like The Secret, people believed in that and thought that what it would help them i see problems with this like it's been around for a while and i'm sure there's been more problems than we know about but i see a problem mm -hmm. with this where like somebody who is actually very seriously depressed gets into this a course in miracles and then i don't know does something very rash and bad there's plenty of different things you could think because they get let down by it it not um actually fixing any of their problems you see what i mean yeah, that that is a dangerous, dangerous uh, road to go down. Movies. I watched three movies this week. Uh, I I watched uh, one of them before. Uh, it's called a very independent movie that you have never heard of, Luke. Called Citizen Kane. It was a long time since I've seen it, so I saw it again. Okay. What's your feeling about Citizen Kane? It's long. It is a long movie. <laughs> it is. It is very long, but it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't get any worse. I understand why why people think it's so good. There are a lot of people that say it's overrated, but I. It's the cinematography so. that's a, the amazing part. Uh, people oh, yeah. that are saying it's overrated are talking about the story. Uh, they're not looking yeah. at it from a cinematography perspective. So, uh, yeah, yeah. There's and you, you also have to put in when you watch that movie. You have to put in perspective the technology of the time. So when you're seeing yeah. like the shots um, connect with the window in the same place over and over and over mm -hmm. and over again, that's way easier to do now with computers than it was back when you're editing on a non-digital editor. Right. So. Oh yeah. yeah. He was very before his time. Uh, then I watched the Netflix documentary because I was uh, Tour de France. It's beginning this week. Uh, and I w watched uh, the documentary uh, called Icarus. Have you heard about this? Yeah. That won, a, won an award. Won, I think it won a couple years ago, right? For best documentary yeah, or something? It, it's from 2017. Uh, I, I thought I actually had watch this to be honest okay but this is uh, uh, about the biggest doping scandal in russian right uh 
Uh, yeah, I could have sworn history. you watched that too. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Okay. But uh, yeah, uh, maybe I didn't remember it, but fucking hell, it was amazing. Uh, nine out of ten. But uh, look, did you watch a movie this week? I did. Uh, I watched a movie that. This is a weird movie to rate on a rating scale because I feel like three quarters of it I would give maybe an eight and the last uh, 20 minutes of it I would give, you know, um, a two. Is that weird? But this movie was called The Man Who Killed Hitler and Then Bigfoot. (laughs) I love that you finally seen that movie. Have you seen this? (laughs) Yes, I have. I recommended it to you. Well, we both found out about it. Remember from the right. from the poster because I remember that it was like yeah. the best poster for a movie we'd seen in a really long time. <laughs> um, yeah, but you understand what I mean by what I said earlier. <laughs> yeah. It's the last twenty yeah. minutes. It felt like they ran the out of money. <laughs> yeah, the last twenty minutes is totally garbage, but the rest of it is very good. It's very weird. <laughs> it was like they made a movie and then I don't know. Uh, they ran out of money, or like the director uh, was on a coke binge and like left the country for a long time, or something. And then they came back and were like, "Oh, I guess we'll finish it up." Or they just had this like three quarters of the way done movie, like in a vault somewhere, and they're like pulled it out and was like, "Let's throw an end on it, and we'll call it something silly." <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, but this was uh, with Sam Elliott, and he played a guy that, like the title says, killed Hitler and then kills Bigfoot. Um, it's right in the title. It's very weird. Uh, the beginning is so good, and then the ending is like, who made this? Yeah, very strange. Yeah, no. <laughs> and, uh, uh, spoiler alert <laughs> for a movie that nobody's ever going to see. Uh, but 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 uh, I think I think my main problem with, with uh, okay with the ending. Where was when when he uh, was going to shoot him? Do you understand what I mean? Uh, which time? Because he like is about it, to shoot him, and then he doesn't shoot him, and then he does shoot yes. him, but it doesn't kill him, and then yeah. Right. Yes. That shooting scene was so very 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 badly. <laughs> yeah, I mean the costume is really <laughs> bad as well. Is the worst costume ever. <laughs> It's so it's so over the top. Have you ever seen anyone look less uh, like Hitler in your life? Right, <laughs> that too. Yes, I mean it was a really quick, so I understand how they thought they could get away with it because it was like you know it was only on screen for a few, like a minute or something like that. Uh, right. And most of the time he's like got a, he's back to the camera, not the he's not facing but, front. Yeah, but still. <laughs> Never seen anyone look less than Hitler in my life. I still enjoyed it, so yeah. I'm gonna give it a seven point five. I would rate it a seven. It's a very enjoyable movie just for the title. Right. But but uh, the last movie I ever saw was a movie called John Wick Chapter Three Parallelism. Oh yeah. Parabellum. Yes. Parabellum, yes. Which is not cerebellum, if you remember that. No. Yes. Yes. I do remember. Yes. Um, I loved the two first movies. I uh, 
uh, recommend you the two first movies. So going into this, I had very high uh, expectations because the two other movies are so amazing. Um, this isn't that good. Uh, I would say the first John Wick I would give maybe eight and a half. The second one also eight and a half. This felt very like uh, it starts right away after chapter two, where uh, John Wick one and two kind of have has a break between. Here we we're, we're like literally uh, after what happened in the last movie, we continue. So this felt very like apropos. It felt very like I understand that they wanted to like give you a continuance of what what happened because there's a very big uh, cliffhanger in John Wick Chapter Two. But I think the way they uh, gave you the solution was very uh, unimaginable. Full. But when I have said that, uh, the fight choreography in this movie is fucking bonkers. And uh, I, I, I think I recommend it just for that. But storyline-wise, I feel it's less than the two others. But I really, really, really like the ending. The okay. ending was uh, very uh, uh, setting up the next chapter, but also uh, a betrayal that I didn't see coming. And sure. it was very, very... Uh, uh, it was also almost like Star Wars. <laughs> Look, you're my father. <laughs> Look, I'm your father. But uh, I will rate it uh, seven. Oh, okay. I was expecting lower than that after all that, what you just said about it, but okay. <laughs> I mean, the, the, uh, okay, six and a half. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right, anything else? Nope. All right, let's watch a trailer for something. Uh, Midsummer. Yeah, Midsummer. Okay. Drone shot happening here. Yeah, it's like a crazy nine-day festival. It only happens every ninety years. One thing I appreciated about this movie—oh, I watched this movie, by the way. Was was that when the Swedish people in this movie talk English? They talk with a very, like, with a Swedish accent. Yeah, there's a skateboarder I, I follow on YouTube, and the guy who just spoke sounded exactly like him, and he's a Swedish guy, Swedish skateboarder. For a second, I thought I was, I was like, is that Johnny Geiger? Why is it? Yeah. I'm not seeing any actors I know, though, or actresses either. No, no, no. Nobody? Uh, nobody. Okay. Whoa. 
Like it wasn't in Hereditary either, so. Right. He picks people that uh, uh, nobody knows. Wow, okay. Some mud. <laughs> that looked creepy. Yeah. So, uh, what is this uh, Oscar-nominated movie all about, Luke? With a relationship in trouble, a young American couple traveled to a fabled Swedish midsummer festival where a seemingly pastoral paradise transforms into a sinister, dread-soaked nightmare as locals reveal their terrifying agenda. Pastoral mm -hmm. paradise. Say that ten times fast. <laughs> uh, 7.8 out of 10 on IMDb, 83% on Rotten Tomatoes, 3.5 out of 5 on Facebook, 67% of Google users like this movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, since I've seen this movie, I will let you tell, uh, tell me what Facebook thought about it. Okay, I got very mixed opinions, but a lot of very opinionated people. Uh... I found a oh, yes. I, I found a silly one to start out with. Candy Candace Lanier Austin says the most demonic movie I've ever seen in my entire life. Paganism, witchcraft, all bundled up into one big movie. So many symbols. I did not expect this movie to be so sick. I thought this was just a regular suspense thriller. Uh, Sam mm. Ayers says this was a great film. I can see why it's not for everyone, but I sat there. Uh, Gaping at the screen and totally hooked, disturbing but totally transfixed. Um, Joe Bisilagano says, "I went into the theater with an open mind as an Ari Aster fan and as a believer that Hereditary is one of the greatest and scariest films of its type. But I have to say, uh, yep. this is Heaven's Gates, Heaven's Gates all over again. Not since uh, mm -hmm. Michael Sim." Simino, uh, follow up to the Deer Hunter. Has there been such a disappointing sophomore attempt at filmmaking? Still a fan <laughs> and look forward to his next. But I'm sorry. Uh, let's see. Angela Asher says, "What the heck is wrong with people? They say they actually like this movie. Uh, I can at least appreciate art, but this was beyond bad." So. Remember when you told me that this was the Wicker Man? Look. Well, from the trailer, it looked very Wicker Man-esque. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. They have a fucking bear in the movie. A bear? Yeah. Oh, okay. Like, that attack some guy? Uh, well, in the costume. But, oh, uh, right, okay. Uh, Oh, this movie is uh, going to be controversial. Um, it's it's so funny because I I saw this all alone uh, by myself with uh, I maybe there was like sixteen people in the audience and I didn't go with anybody, so I was listening to people when we were going out of the movie. And I will say that 50% of them hated the movie and 50% of them loved the movie. And uh, and um, I came out of this movie thinking uh, I really don't know what I think about it. And when a movie does that, I automatically like it. 
when a movie gets me to 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 go, do you know what? I really don't know if I I, I like this movie or not. <laughs> when I really have to think about what was going on in the movie and 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 I have to like go go over what what happens. For example, there there's a twenty minute scene in the in the beginning of the movie. This is no spoiler alert. That has n- almost nothing to do with the rest of this movie. That was not necessary for the rest of this movie. And and I was so fucking irritated uh, about that. To I got home and I started thinking about it. And I was like, why did that irritate me so much? Why why did it, why did that twenty minute scene that puts up absolutely because there's no reference to it later in the movie? It's just a setup. Okay. Uh, for, for, uh, and it doesn't really set anything up. And after those 20 minutes, we go to Sweden. And then it goes very slow. Like, it, it it is very slow. And I will say the last 20 minutes is where, where the action is. And I, I, don't mi- I don't mind that. Because it was built up very suspenseful. But I will give this movie a six. Okay, because, cool. Yeah, I, I I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it, and it made it me think. Michael Bazan says, I've never left a movie theater so disappointed in my life, and I keep an open mind, is what he says. Mm. But Haley Turner says, honestly, I really enjoyed this movie. It makes you realize the little things. It's very well thought, uh, very well thought out. I am definitely watching it again. 10 out of 10, I would recommend uh, watching it. I wouldn't re- recommend watching it if you were a little queasy. Right. <laughs> That's true. Another movie that came out this week is a very independent movie called Spider-Man Far From Home. Uh, this has gotten 8.1 out of 10 on IMDb. Uh, it has gotten 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow, okay. And yeah, that's that's pretty good, uh, I would say. And uh, it has uh, Tom Holland, Jake Gyllenhaal, and Sadar Coleman as one of the roles. Well, the voices. Uh, Animated film, obviously. So, voice. yeah. No, it's not animated. Isn't it? Spider-Man Far No. Oh, okay. This is real action. I thought this was no, a sequel no. to the the animated one. But okay, yeah. No, 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 no. So it's uh, following the events of Avengers Endgame. Spider-Man must step up to come with a new threat in the world uh, that has changed the world forever. That is what it's all about. So it's the follow-up to that, so you would imagine it would do good. Yeah, so let's check out how well the other movie did, Midsommar, first, since we talked about that first. Mm -hmm. Midsommar. 6.3 million for the opening weekend. Mm -hmm. And now let's go and check out Spider-Man Far From Home, which I'm sure a lot of movie theater owners were really hoping would do well 
Okay, so a little confusing here because it did come out on Tuesday, I believe. Is that correct? Yes, Tuesday. Fine. So I had six days technically for this to make money, but that's not really fair to our bet. So we're going to go with the three days, uh, the main three days. Um, I think I'm just thinking about this now, but uh, what about Fro in the future after this? If there's four days or five days that a movie has, we just pick the three top days. Does that make sense? Money-wise. Yes. I and agree. then we combine yes, them. I, I, yeah. Yes, I, I, I agree. So. I think that's a good idea. Because uh, we are going to yeah. run this, into this again in the future. More yes. Tuesday releases are very rare. I've worked in the movie oh, theater yeah. for a while, and it's very rare. Um, Thursday, though, especially Thursday late night, uh, releases are very right. common. So, um, so yeah. Uh, and usually the Thursday late night ones, those count into the weekend totals as well. But yeah, well, th those things are going to come up in the future. But overall, 92 and, and a half million for the opening weekend for Spider-Man. So I am definitely uh, happy with that. Um, what do you think about mm -hmm. Lion King? 92... Point five million. You think it's going to get over a hundred million? <sighs> I really don't know, but I do think so. Right, and I, I believe next week, uh, we each have a movie in the running because the movies got split down right. the middle. So I believe, uh, you, I get Crawl next week, and you get, uh, mm -hmm. I don't even know what the name of this is. Stubber, Stuber, Stubber, Stubber, oh, okay. Stubber. So that will yeah, be interesting because um, it's going to be our first one of those. So yeah. I mean, do I do I think nine that uh, it will beat? It's very hard to predict. I I will say this. I do think it will depend uh, somewhat on the critics. Yeah, you might if, be right. Uh, if if people say that. It's shit. Uh, I think uh, less people will will take their kids to see it. So I I, I think it depends more on that. But if it's a smash, I think it will smash. Yeah. So we will see. It will be interesting. It will be. I I think it will be very close. I think it's going to be really close, too. I have a feeling yeah. Lion King will get somewhere in the 100, 110 range, so I think you're going to win personally, but this did do very well, so I, it's looking good. It does. Hey, uh, audibletrial.com slash another digital citizen. That's audibletrial.com slash another digital citizen. Uh, Luke, do you want to hear about the book I bought this week? Okay. Uh, I bought a book this week, believe it or not. That's uh, kind of the segment. Uh, <laughs> it would be a little stupid if I go, I didn't buy a book! <laughs> but I I bought Soulless, The Case Against R. Kelly. Um, oh. Hmm. Yes. Uh, by Jim uh, Rogai. And it's the one uh, that's reading it, and it goes all through like R. Kelly's music career and how he got in trouble. It is 
fucking amazing. 13 hours and 21 minutes, yeah. I okay. I recommend it. Uh, Soulless, the case against R. Kelly. And that's one of the books you can go and get for free through audibletrial.com slash another digital citizen. Another digital citizen. Yep. Go to our Facebook page and check that out whenever you can uh, and share the podcast uh, wherever social medias are posting. Post it. <laughs> wherever social media you are, post it. <laughs> post it on the stamp. That will be funny. <laughs> No, just like to your aunt underneath the underneath the uh, the stamp where you lick it, right? Uh, 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 another digital citizen in very small print. Yeah, or even the- just fairly large print, right on an envelope. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, anything you want to talk uh, about in the Jeremy section? Uh. Oh, yeah. Last week, uh, you mentioned uh, in the movie round that you had watched Shaft. Shaft, yes. Right. And you were like, I'm surprised. Uh, I think this is what you said. You said, wow, I'm surprised you haven't seen it. I figured you would have seen it yeah. since it's on Netflix. And I was like, yeah. I didn't see it on there. I must have missed that. And mm. I went back on there this week because I was like, oh, cool. Shaft's on Netflix. I get to watch it. And I go on there and search it. It's not on Netflix. What the heck? Fro told me <laughs> it was. <laughs> so... Me and Fro are talking about it. Fro sends me a screenshot. Hey, it's on my Netflix. So we look it up. It's on European Netflix, but not on American Netflix. It went to the theaters in America. In in Europe, it apparently went on Netflix. So. <laughs> well, still, the people who listen that are in Europe get to, to watch it on there. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Or you can get the fucking VPN like I have turned on. Every second of time, I'm not in Norway. With my piracy, I don't. I, 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 I. Do you know what? I don't have balls to have a Norwegian IP address. Right. Right. Uh, that's, that's actually true. <laughs> I'm, I'm afraid. <laughs> anything else? I, uh, I download too much. Right. <laughs> Well, when I do, I definitely use a VPN. Um, yeah, what is it with... Okay, we need to talk about this. What is it with PewDiePie and Minecraft? Oh, yeah. I don't know. He's been posting a lot Why? of it, but I think it's because it's doing well. playing fucking Minecraft. I think because people are watching them. I think that's why. More than oh. anything. It is a weird thing that ha- what happened with Minecraft as a game. It, it like I remember it being really popular in like you know the mm, 2010 somewhere around there mm-hmm. uh, with mm-hmm. people I knew who were you know 20 somethings at the time, um, and then it kind of getting popular with really young kids and everybody my age growing out of it, and then I think the young kids grew up and now. They're twenty somethings and they're playing Minecraft. Does that make sense? And now it's popular again. It's a very mm-hmm. weird thing that happens. Uh, happened with Minecraft, and it's still around, I guess. So there you go. I don't know. I, I've never really played that much of it. I played a little bit, but not not very much. And I haven't played for years and years and years. Have you caught up on Wimbledon this week? 
On what? On Wimbledon. No, I don't watch tennis. Oh, I'm so happy that you knew it was tennis. <laughs> uh, there is going to be a, a debate between, or it has been a debate between uh, Boris Johnson and and uh, oh fucking hell, what is his name? I Jeremy Hunt on ITV today. Okay. So I I'm I'm going to look uh, look into that when we hang up. It's uh, I think it's the last debate before uh, the vote actually. All right, I'll have to check that out, and we can cover it next week. Uh, apparently, I'm seeing uh, Jeremy Hunt saying Trump is disrespectful to the UK. Apparently, I think this has to yeah. stemming out of that whole. Uh, Aid, the memo aid, that was leaked. Yeah, the memo from the aid that was leaked. That was kind of an interesting story yeah. we didn't go into this week. Uh, calling yeah. Trump inept or something like that. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> what about bathwater, Fro? Have you seen this? Oh, my God. Gamer girl bathwater. Yes. We got to talk about that. Oh, my God. <laughs> what? The literal fuck. This is the world we're living in now, where people pay thirty dollars for bath water uh, from a person. That the girl I, that, has stuff on him. Right, and it sold and out. Apparently, can. she couldn't make enough uh, bath water. It, apparently, she wrote on her Twitter she was tired of taking so many baths. That's how many people wanted to buy it. Um, but I don't know. Maybe it's I, I do recommend I I am Alex on on. On YouTube, because I know that's where you saw this, uh, I am assuming. I, I, the first place I saw it was uh, on, it was either, it was some gaming website, like Kotaku or something like that, because uh, I was looking through okay. the news, and I saw it, and then he did it like a few days after it actually happened, or what it uh, initially happened. Um, and He's very funny. Yeah, he is. There's a few people who have done videos on it uh, that, are, that are very good. But it's just a weird phenomenon. This, this, uh, her whole shtick, uh, what's her name, Belle Delphine, is really weird. Mm -hmm. It's like, yep, it's porn, but it's gamer porn. Is that what it is? Mm -hmm. I'm so confused. It by is it. gamer porn. Yep. It is very very weird. Yeah, uh, doesn't ha hasn't been any big YouTube tea lately either. So uh, I think that's the big been... one. Really, is the Belle Delphine stuff this week? Yeah, yeah that's what everybody's been talking about because it's just so weird. And you know, she's <laughs> just ra she's raking in the money for sure. Oh, definitely. Would you buy? <laughs> <laughs> if you had to buy bath water from a celebrity, who would it be, Luke? Well, I don't know, even know what I would do with bath water from a celebrity. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> Take it all on yourself? Bathe yourself in bath, bath water? Yeah, right. Who else could do it, though? I mean, like, Meatloaf couldn't go and sell bathwater. That's not happening. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah, I would pay a very big price for leaf. <laughs> <laughs> Meatloaf's bathwater? Right. Meatloaf's bathwater. 
That would be so funny. Yeah, no. Uh, okay. Well, uh, we are not that many episodes from 200, look. No, we're slowly making our way there, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's very interesting that... Uh, it it feels like this has been a very short week. I think I think that's mainly because we are recording a day day before. So I know that next week will feel very long. So when I say next week, oh, this week feels so long. I know why. Right. It always yeah. does. But it is nice to have a long week sometimes. But uh, yeah, we'll have a show up on Wednesday, just like every other week next week. Is there a pay-per-view this week? I'm pretty sure there was a TNA pay-per-view on Sunday. (laughs) Last Sunday. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've seen that pay-per-view. Oh, okay. Actually, it was very good. No, Isn't it WWE one this week? Is there? I I really don't know. We'll have to check it out Uh, off the show, I guess. Crushing grounds, smacking... No, we already watched Stomping Grounds. (laughs) Oh, that, that was something, right? Yeah, right? That's for sure. Coming next week, we will talk news of the week. Then we will pro- probably talk about uh, the debate between mm, those two contenders. Right. I'm uh, wondering if anybody else is going to drop out of the Dem debate as well. <laughs> yeah, that will be very interesting because that's uh, around the corner as well. I just feel like now uh, that the first person has gotten out, it's go- It's you know the floodgates could open pretty soon if you know what oh, I mean. Yeah. yeah. Do you think, like, since we talked about her, do you think Marianne Williamson will be in the running for a while? I think she's got nothing to lose, basically, if she's got Oprah money. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, if she's got that Oprah money, she's got she's got nothing to lose. So. Sure. Uh, we will talk about the loudest, uh, loudest voice episode three. Do you know what uh, year it is next year? Uh, next episode? I believe it said 2005, but I can I can actually look really quick. Continue. Okay, so they're going back again? No, we just so did 2001. So... We were just in 2001. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh 2008. So, so it's... it's skipping even further ahead than I thought. 2008? Okay. Cool. Yeah. Uh... Then we will do another digital review of Crawl. I'm going to guess that is a horror movie. Sounds like a horror movie to me. I can't even imagine what else it would be. Yeah, Crawling. It could be a kid's Uh, movie and be the sequel to Holes. (laughs) Called Crawl. Oh my god. That would be funny. Uh, Reference nobody. (laughs) Right? That hasn't been a thing forever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then we will talk of our top uh, five best worst or uh, love hate fruit, veggies, and berries. And the reason why we put fruit, veggies, and berries together is because, according to fucking Wikipedia, a tomato is a, a fruit and a berry and. And a strawberry isn't a berry, it's some kind of other thing. Yeah. And and an avocado apparently is a berry, not a fruit or a veggie. Yeah. So we're just. And we're including nightshades, if those don't count in this as well. We just. Yeah. We're just trying to do something to get 
the uh, something a little interesting so the listeners can know a little more about us i think is the idea of the segment so yeah so um this weekend uh if you want to join us there's a wwe paper called extreme rules coming up um i think that's everything uh from america his name is luke my name is fro goodbye everybody goodbye everybody goodbye citizen.